Cover 3 Podcast, CBSSports.com. My man, uh, how are you? I am very careful not to speak out a line about media rights and media rights companies because I reviewed <laughs> our discussion last week. Oh, really? It was right as when I stuck my pretty little nose into what certain uh, big, massive media rights holders might want with conference realignment that somebody <laughs> pressed the button on me. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, we're, we're just going to go just on the field, right? <laughs> just, just going on the field. Well, for the most part, yes. Because uh, I do want to ask you uh, just to kind of revisit the idea of Stanford, Cal, and maybe SMU. Because uh, I think that there's going to be a revisiting of that particular discussion in the ACC. It might, it might end up making financial sense, even if it makes no logistical sense. Uh, and Anson Dorrance had, by the way, Anson Dorrance is sort of walking back. His, yeah. let, I hope they die on the vine. It's like, well, wait, wait. They, I respect them. He he doesn't want to add them for basically competitive reasons. It's like because Cal and Stanford, Stanford more so than Cal, are two of the powerhouses of women's soccer, and I don't think he wants to have to deal with them on a regular um, basis. Didn't uh, Cal beat North Carolina women's soccer like? This in the last two years, they lost to UCLA in uh, the uh, semifinals. Was it last year when they had a two nothing? Was it a two nothing lead or a one nothing lead late? And they allowed mm-hmm. a couple of goals. I think that I think it was a two nothing lead late. And they allowed UCLA to tie it. And they won it in extra time. Um, but look, you're talking about historically two of the best programs in women's soccer. So not that this is about women's soccer. Uh, but maybe we'll get it to that if we. Not. And yeah. that's not disrespect to women's soccer, but that is not at the heart of any of these conversations. I no. enjoy it. I watch it. It's like I'm. I'm not. I'm never going to denigrate it. I love. Uh, I love the beautiful game. All right, let's um, let's get to best case scenario, worst worst case scenario, and people are going to go. Does good did goal really say that Carolina could win eleven games? I did say best case scenario, didn't I? And in the hey. best the best case scenario, there isn't anybody that Carolina can't beat outside of Clemson outside of Clemson. So to me, that is the best case. You and I have talked about uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I'm, we could make great arguments for LSU and Florida state to be the most important game for the league because of what it means for Florida state and being back and a national contender and all of that. And I'm not that, that I agree with that, but uh, from a, Big picture, ACC, North Carolina standpoint. If you can't beat South Carolina, I just think it says that you're just not ready for this. Right. Okay. So if from a North Carolina standpoint, there is more significance tied up in that. I just don't think it extends to the ACC because I don't think that the national perspective on North Carolina is as an ACC contender. Right. I, I agree. The national perspective on North Carolina is a definitive tier two team with the potential number one draft pick. And that is the intrigue. That is the selling point. I think that the national media does not associate South Carolina's success or lack thereof with the SEC. Uh, you know, right. I think that the both of these teams exist in places where the win or the loss is going to be incredibly significant. Like I, I have talked to people um, with a good view of the South Carolina program who have indicated that it is a team and a program 
that really can ride high where they beat, uh, you know, if they beat North Carolina, if they get a couple wins early, then you could see them having a really special season, but they also don't have a whole lot of depth. They lost some key players to the transfer portal. If they lose to North Carolina, take a couple losses early, it might be the kind of team. What is it? I guess that qualifies as a front runner a yes. little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Shane Beamer is a vibes coach. It's, you know, <laughs> great that he's gotten the Gamecocks to back-to-back -back bowl games. That's not something that historically is going to happen all that often, and he might have them back in the uh, the postseason. But I think that North Carolina and South Carolina ties more into the importance of each individual season than it extends to the conferences that they represent. I think the LSU Florida State, either one of those teams, have massive games left on the schedule that they could battle themselves back into a place where individually – you are great mm -hmm. and you are successful and you're feeling good about the season. But I think that the ACC SEC of it all, I think is more significant with Florida state LSU, just because of where each of them right. occupy, you know, up in the, the national rank. Cause you're talking about two top 10 teams and the winner of this game is, you know, a, a player for the national championship and the loser probably cycles themselves out. Florida state, I would argue has an opportunity to get it back. With a trip to Clemson, right? You got to. I mean, that's the other thing about the Florida State Clemson dynamic is that, you know, if if we really do believe that those two teams are existing on a tier above everybody else, it's not just going to be one Florida State Clemson game on September twenty third right. in Death Valley. There's going to be another one. Um, and it's going to be another one in the first Saturday of December. And and when you texted me and you said best case worst case for the ACC, was that other ACC teams or the ACC as a whole? Uh, it w could be ACC as a whole. Yeah, because the worst case scenario is they split the series and played themselves both out of the college right. football. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Clemson has a uh, you know they lose that game to Notre Dame and they lose the second game to Florida State. In which case, uh, Florida State, uh, Carolina, no, Carolina, I guess Florida State would go to the Orange Bowl possibly. Uh, who knows? It's uh, it is potentially a bad year. Real quick about the league as a whole. If North Carolina has a good year, as does Florida State, as does Clemson. Is there a chance that with three top 15 teams and maybe another team in the top, you know, 20, that the ACC is looked at a little differently over the course of this season? Who's the fourth? I think is important. Pitt. Like, don't, or, mm, or NC State. Yeah, I think an NC State or a Pitt. Or would it be uh, better if it was Miami? Well, it'd be way better if it was Miami that in terms of just the, the overall perception of it. But, you know, right now the PAC 12 has five teams in the top 20. They, they the could have a great year. What a swan song it would be. ACC has two. Yeah. You know, big 12 <clears throat> just has Texas at 11 and Oklahoma a little bit further down. Um, you know, I think that being able to add another team to that picture is going to be very, very important, but, the same way that too much emphasis is placed on bowl games for us to draw conference-wide conversations, Florida State against LSU, uh, Clemson against Notre Dame, you know, like those those spots are going to be as important data points as anything else if uh, the conference has looked a little bit differently. And I don't think that the conference has looked at as though it is a, a horrendous league at this moment. You know, there are only three teams that are in the top 25, but – when you, when you take a look at a Pitt or an NC State um, or even a Wake Forest, given the recent success under Dave Clawson, I don't think that you see a lot of disrespect. I think you just see the absence of national championship contention. Right.
the, the ACC has only had one team in the last decade, really, that has contended. I mean, with with a, you know Florida State at the very end of that time frame, very beginning of this time frame, decade, certainly did and won. Uh, but Clemson is the only real contender we've had, uh, really, in the last several years. Um, so Carolina, best case scenario, eleven and one, potentially playing for the conference championship. Worst case scenario, seven and five. Oh no! Worst case scenario, six and six. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a worst case scenario where you start one and three. Because of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota. And, and at Pitt. At Pitt, like that could lose, be a loss. Lose to South Carolina, beat App State. Minnesota comes into town, um, just plays bully ball, frustrates yep. you. The offense never gets into a rhythm. Then you you aren't yep. you get beat twice, as they say. Can't get back off the mat. Like sure, you've got that nice little. Um, it's like a Vegas residency, right? Anytime we get three home games in a row, I like to call it a Vegas residency. You know, you get Syracuse, Miami, Virginia. It's like you're probably going to pick up, you know, a couple wins, but you're not guaranteed to get all three. So yeah, the worst. This is a bowl team, but worst case scenario, six and six, eleven and one to six and six. The North Carolina football experience. <laughs> Man, if it, no offense, like I think Duke's good, but if you're North Carolina, if you're going to make something out of this season. You got to win six in a row, have to win six in a row between the beginning of October and the middle of November and uh, just before Thanksgiving Uh, to the Wolfpack. What do you think their best case is? Best case. uh, I think that this is a a group that can beat Notre Dame. I would. Yeah. I didn't even put that down as a possibility. And I still, and I still, who's, who's Notre Dame's quarterback. Sam Hartman. Right, and and how many wins does he have in Carter Finley Stadium? <laughs> right, because okay. Sam Hartman has as many wins in Carter Finley Stadium as I do. Yes, you right? do. He's he's coming into Carter Finley Stadium, and that is a, a defense that is going to be ready, and that is a Notre Dame passing attack. That shh, don't tell any of the Notre Dame fans around here. Yeah, Wake has better wide receivers. Wake's always got good wide receivers. It's one of the amazing things. Yeah, pass catchers. Yeah. That they are getting going to Notre Dame, but much better offensive line, uh, much much, much better, and they'll run the ball tremendously well. <laughs> right. um, uh, Clemson's a loss. Like I mean, you can tell me ten and two. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I have. I have best case scenario ten and two, worst case scenario six and six. Yeah, the the triangle football experience. And I, Let's go. And I, I actually think the biggest factor for NC State is. What will Dave Doran allow them to be offensively? Is he, is, is he going to put a governor? Is he going to put restrictor plates on NC State's offense and let his defense do the heavy lifting? Or is he going to let him go and just say, you know what? We'll let, we'll let our defense pick up the pieces if we have to. Because I think that mindset can allow NC State to be better. Do you remember when Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator at LSU. He, you know, obviously, um, you know, the NC State experience, then he went to Pitt. They had some good offenses at Pitt. He gets hired away to LSU. And, you know, all the, you know, the the motions, the jet sweep, the things are, oh, no, get me all dizzy out there. Oh, oh, God, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) In the the middle of the season, Ed Odron pulled the plug on it. Right. It's like, no, no, Matt Canada, stop. We go downhill. 
We don't make me think this is uh, our players are not comprehending everything that you're trying to do. This is leading to turnovers, pre-snap penalties. This is you're trying to do too much. We have better players. Like, let, let's just go get it done. If Robert and I's offense with uh, a reloaded group of pass catchers, um, you know, some good continuity on the offensive line, a couple right. good running backs, and obviously a great tight end in, in Penix. Um, if it leads to pre-snap penalties and mistakes and turnovers, you're not going to be aggressive. Right. You're going to pull the plug on it. You're going to regress. You're going to go right back because I do think the defense, which has one of the best secondaries in the entire ACC, which is going to be filthy along the defensive line. Right. Um, the defense can still go get seven wins. So, I yes, you can say, like, you can put the onus on Dave Doran, but I, I kind of think the onus is on that the, the players to go out there and be able to execute what can be a very complex offensive scheme, a creative offensive scheme, the evolution that Dave Doran himself has said he's been looking for over the last couple of years. But if it leads to mistakes, then you, you're going to go back to your core programming yep. of let's not make mistakes. And that and that will be a mistake for NC State. I Brendan, Brendan Armstrong throws more interceptions than Devin Leary. Don't take for granted the way that I'm Devin not, Leary I love Devin Leary. I loved mistakes. Devin Leary. I really think it's about mindset. Let it go. Deal with it if it goes bad, but let it go. I think they'll be better in the long run for it because There's I just don't. There's not many ingredients to a chicken parm, but no one said a chicken parm is bad. No one <laughs> has ever said a chicken parm is bad. Right, but and if you have to I love chicken, chicken parm, parm office, but, but chicken parm is eight and four. That's, look. A that's chicken a, parm is eight and four, Chip. Oh, that's, you, that's a segment right there. We're gonna do, do this. Do you think? Do you think that this depth chart, like we said, ten and two is your best case scenario? Right. But like you, that's a ton of coin flips on this yeah. roster. Yeah. And when you like look at the ups and downs and the years where you're supposed to go for it, like this is when we've got all of this returning production. This is when we've got multiple players that we think are going to be, you know, at the NFL draft caliber. Like I, I just don't think that. I, I don't. I'm not sure that this is a group that is all primed to say that this is, you know, a capital T, the year type spot. Right. So chicken parm eight and four is just fine. It It is just fine. It is just fine. And I would order chicken parm a lot. A winning lot. football. You got to go just go play winning football. Sometimes I like, you know, lobster uh, fra diablo. Um, a little something a little spicier. Just a little spicier. Yeah, sure. I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, best case scenario for the Duke Blue Devils? Seven, five, eight, and four. Oh, I think their best case scenario is better than that. Mm. I know the schedule's hard, but I think their best case scenario is potentially nine wins. Mm. I give them a chance on opening night. I know most people don't. But game one, I give them a chance. I think that much of Riley uh, Leonard, I think that much of the offensive line, um, I think they're good. I think they're good on both lines. That's tough. <laughs> That's real tough. It is tough. How about a, beating Clemson but then losing to Lafayette? That uh, ain't happening. <laughs> that that one hundred percent is happening. Not under the like the the thing that is so um, you know impressive about that first year is just how many players were there and just needed to be put in the right positions to succeed. Right. And I I think that, you know, 
most of those players from last year's success are back, but it is undeniable how much of a jump you have from playing teams that according to their power rating would be middling G5 teams and playing teams that are at the top of the conference. Right. Clemson. The bottom the bottom of the ACC Coastal last year would show up in the Sun Belt and go 7 and 5. Well, it's it's arguable that Duke will play the best five teams in the league not named Duke, right? Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina, Pittsburgh. And three of those teams are on the road. Yeah, and let's also see that uh, you're going to throw a Thursday night against Wake into the mix as yeah, well. Yeah, you play State you too. Play yeah, it's yeah. a uh, it's it's a very difficult. We yeah, and they do have to play Notre Dame. Uh, so, like I said, best case scenario, worst case, I think they could lose. They could win four games. Yes, correct. Yeah, they they are going to be a four to five win team. Like they they have a a high floor but a low ceiling, in my opinion. Uh, do you uh, are they a bowl team? Yes. Okay. Will they make a bowl game? <laughs> you could be a bowl team and not make a bowl game. Not have six wins right. or be bowl eligible. I think no. five and seven. They five and seven will get Duke into a bowl game. Uh, oh, APR. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go five and seven with a good APR score. Uh, Wake Forest, best case. Losing Donovan Green hurts. Yes, man. that's a, yes, that's it a- does disappointing situation i i see the best case is eight and four here too. um we've had a couple injuries on the defensive side as well and i i believe that mitch griffiths will be successful but it, it's hard for me to get to 10 wins and acc title oh, contention no. which by the way is the wake forest ceiling under dave doran is winning double digit games and being in the mix to play for the ACC championship, yep. I just don't see this as being a, a ceiling of the program type season. Yeah, I I think they could go eight and four. I think they could uh, the worst five thing and five and seven. They yeah. have the fewest number of games that I am unsure of one way or the other. I only see like three swing games for Wake Forest on their schedule. All right, uh, one more thing before I let Chip Patterson go. He joins us every Wednesday. Uh, I know you've thought about it. I have thought about it a ton. I've uh, I'm obsessing over it because we are a month away from it. Oh man! Yes. Uh, yeah. So we know our we know our first six: Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantlay, Brian Kepka, Max Homa, Xander Schauffele. Who are your next six? Who are your captains' choices for I, Zach Johnson? They are not in order. Okay. Um, but it's going to help me fill it out. Sure. Brooks, J.T. Spieth. Yes, in the in in that order for me. Actually, Brooks, Spieth, JT, but in that order for me. Yes. Um, and then we, I, I am not in the. Uh, you have to take Lucas Glover. Oh gosh, no! Yeah. You don't have to take. I. No, I would not take Lucas Glover. It's not even a don't have to take. I would not take Lucas Glover. Is Ricky Fowler am- a yes? Ricky Fowler's a yes. Colin Marikawa's a yes. Okay, so now we've got one spot. Sam Burns. It's Burns would be my pick, but if I'm closing my eyes and saying, who do I want to get, get on that plane? It's Dustin Johnson. And I don't care if he hadn't played well in a month and a half on live. I'm going to roll out to Rome with that group, with Dustin Johnson on the plane, 
and they love Dustin. Colin Morikawa said it last year. I missed him at the President's Cup. We missed Dustin. That would be my group. No offense to Sam Burns, but uh, he would be the guy I leave home. Sam, but, I was I was coming down to and I like Sam, Sam Burns. I was coming down to a Sam Burns, Cam Young right. thought. Yep, but I'll go Sam Burns. Okay, that's fair, and I, I would I would accept that he can easily leave DJ home because he hasn't really played all that well, and he didn't play all that well in the majors. He flashed a little bit, but ultimately didn't play well in the majors. Um, but I'd put him on the plane. Um, yeah, I'm, I I I faded Young because I feel like Young's floor and ceiling are so far apart. Yeah, I mean, he's just when been okay bad, this year. Good. He's just been okay this year. He has not been great. Uh, yeah. He was much better a year ago. Uh, all right, Chip. We will uh, we'll talk again next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well. You got it.